0: Well, good day fellowship family. It's great to have you here as we continue in our series called decided key decisions of a follower of jesus and friday night I had a dream. I had a dream that I got up to speak and it was just just like it is right now And I mean it was almost ethereal I could get right in here and I opened up god's word and I came across this design template yeah, have you ever seen this? If you work in visual design or anything, these are kind of when you want to see what words look like. And I opened up my Bible, and that's what it looked like. So I just started reading "Lorem ipsum dollar sit amet," and everyone was on the edge of their seats listening, and I had no idea what I was saying. And, you know, many times when we get uh, in front of God's Word and we open it up, sometimes this is what we see because we've not been exposed to it. It's just a bunch of words. And today, what I want to talk to you about is what would it would look like for you to be a seeker of God. When you spend time in the word to do that, I want you to open up to uh, not Colossians, the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 119. We're going to take a look in that, and that's a wonderful passage there. As you're turning, let me just remind you where we've been up to this point. We uh, talked about a decision each day that you make to live by grace or works. That was our first week. Last week, we talked about that decision for you when someone hurts you to either forgive or get revenge. That's our choice, right? God wants to equip us, number one, in grace to forgive. And then he wants to call us into a relationship with him in his word by seeking after him in his word. This passage in Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in your Bible. It it spans 176 verses. And looking at it in English, we don't really understand why it was created like this or why it was written like this. But if you were Jewish, you understood Hebrew. Hebrew. Hebrew has uh, 22 characters or or letters of their Hebrew alphabet. We have 26, by the way, if you counted. They have 22. And each one of these, these uh, passages is linked in eight verse segments for 22 letters of the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet. So if you read it, it's really calling you to take a look from, I mean, if we were to do it in English, from A to Z, God's word applies to my life. There's never a part of my life that God's word doesn't apply. So if you read this and could read it through that way, you'd really see the whole beauty and complexity, yet simplicity of this message. Seek God in his word. He wants to be found from your A to Z in life. God's word calls us into a relationship with him. So as we look at this, let's take a look at Psalm 119, beginning with verse 10 and 11. It says this, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This may be a common verse that you might have memorized as a child if you grew up in church. But really what this calls us into is to be a seeker after God in his word. Now, you may be a seeker, but did you know, people are seeking you. We live in an information heavy culture. The Nielsen group who take took a look throughout the 70s and 80s and 90s of what you watched on television are now have expanded their work to really look at what does the average adult in the United States, how much time do they spend looking at interacting with listening to media of all different types? And in just the past several years, like in 2011, they tracked it, and over 2,600 adults in the U.S., they spent an average of 11 hours, 11 minutes listening to, interacting to, watching uh, media. And then in 2015, just last year, they've seen that that's actually risen to 12 hours, 4 minutes a day. This is a day for the average adult in the United States. So in just those four years, the amount of time you spend interacting with media has gone up 53 minutes. Think about that. That's almost an hour. You're spending an hour more each day of your waking hours interacting with some type of information. We are being bombarded with information. Just on a spiritual note, if I would have gone back in 2011, of which I did, I preached several messages on what it could look like for you to get into God's word, for you to seek him on a daily basis. And if you just spend 53 minutes seeking after God, here's some of the pushback I would have received. Hishma, are you crazy? Are you crazy? I mean, I'm a busy person. I don't have the time. There's no way I could carve out a daily time for me to get in God's word. Yet, we've expanded our lives by 53 minutes to make it more available for other information to hit our lives. And what this kind of shows us is we really can carve out the time to do whatever we want to do. And so it's not the issue of supply because now more than ever, God's word is accessible and available to you. It's on our smartphones, it's on our iPads, it's on our computers, it's written form. There's so many different translations. I mean, there's never been a greater supply in the United States of God's word in an accessible way. The issue is our demand for it, right? And there's a difference in our lives between being a scanner for God or being a seeker of God. Now, here's here's the picture. None of us in the past four years received more time. We all have 24 hours for each day. There's never been a moment where we go, OK, you've just been really good people. I'm I'm God and I'll give you an additional 53 minutes in your day. We all carved it out. Time is the great equalizer, isn't it? Some of us have different jobs which give us different incomes, but we all have the same amount of time. What would it look like for us to be seekers of God because that's the decision we have to make. We've all become kind of scanners on this information because we can't go deep with it, right? We spend 12. 12 hours 4 minutes looking at loads of different types of information. Our eyes jump from it, our attention shifts, conversations actually become shallower with the more information we process. We're even speaking not even with words anymore. We're speaking with emojis. That's the international language. You can talk to anyone around the world. You can have the two prayer hands praying for you, you know. Great job, you know. Smiley face, frown face, alarm face. How many faces do we have in emoji to express what words cannot express? But it keeps us on the surface. We become more accessible also than ever for distractions. Right? Whether it be a text, a phone call, a blog, a post. We seek and are aware of what others post or think of us. But are we seeking after God? I was at this uh, research uh, event in, in Dallas a week ago. Or actually, yeah, it was, it was a week ago. And they took a look at how much information there is out there on each of us. And did you know that Facebook and Google know more about you than your spouse? Target, being one of them, uh, can now predict... They can actually predict what stage of pregnancy you're in by what you search for on their site. One high school girl who was pregnant and her parents didn't know, she uh, purchased cotton balls, she purchased unscented lotion, and she purchased vitamins, and they tagged her and they sent the congratulations you're pregnant card to her home. And her dad grabbed it and said, how do you know about this? He said, "We, from all our research and what we know your daughter is searching on, We sent her congratulations. We believe believe she's pregnant. And she was. You see, there's a lot of information known about you. And you can interact in a whole bunch of different ways. But here's the deal. What are we seeking? What are we seeking? God invites us into a relationship with him, right? And relationships need time relationships need attention they need mean meaningful communications you know the average the longest time college students have a meaningful relationship is seven minutes seven minutes and before we pride ourselves on growing up and being adults it's not much more for folk grown adults we're always being hey and our, our conversations are hey did you see that viral video did you see that post when we're always interacting we're not going deeper And a relationship with God, we have to move beyond scanning for Him and we must move towards seeking Him. Remember, let's go back to that verse, Psalm 119 verse 10. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So seeking God in His words requires for us to slow down, to clear away distractions. To seek to find and when you find to store it up that we might not sin against God Seekers or scanners. It's our daily choice And we're called to interact and process the word of God in our hearts to seek truth What's the difference between a seeker and a scanner? Well, in this passage, it kind of talks about it being a wholehearted seeking after God and his word. Because that's the choice, right? Because a scanner is half-hearted. A scanner comes in and his eyes or her eyes are constantly glancing off a passage. Or they're playing Bible horoscope. God, what would you have for me today? And we look at that. And we let, you know, chance open up a passage. And I'm sorry, I wish I could tell you I've never done that, but I have. But a seeker is someone who shows up with a whole heart. An open heart, an available heart for God to work. A scanner also seeks God to validate their life in their time with the word. They come in and a scanner says, this is my life, God. Give me proof texts. Help me. Give me my preferences in your word. And so they go to God's word to try to to validate their lives. Had a guy one time who didn't want to be in marriage anymore. And he came in and said, Joe... I read the word this morning. It was in the Old Testament somewhere. It said, get out. So I'm getting out. I said, where did you read that? He said, I can't tell you. Only God showed me that. I said, I'd like to know the passage. Because I also see that husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And so we can make the Bible say whatever we want it to say. I've seen that. I've been around the church for a long time. But do we show up seeking truth? The truth of God, because when the, when a wise person seeks the truth of God in His Word, they have this pattern of changing to reflect the truth. A fool changes the truth so they don't have to change. But we're called to seek truth and to change as a, ref, as a reflection of that truth. A scanner tends to go to the time in God's Word as inspiration. A seeker looks for understanding. Inspiration and on that one verse that really makes my day and it's kind of like our biblical horoscope again How many times have we used I can do all things through christ who strengthens me i've heard that Used for a whole bunch of reasons to walk away from god Or to empower a life away from christ Yet what does it look like to really get in and try to understand who god is and understand why following him is for our best Because ultimately, a scanner wants to manipulate God's word to what they need it to say to them versus what a seeker does and application, what it says and how do I live in light of it? Ultimately, if you read the book of Psalms and Proverbs on what it talks about on how we get into God's word, a scanner ultimately moves towards foolishness. A seeker moves towards faithfulness. You want to be faithful with God? Seek him in his word. We're called into a community of seekers after God. And you know what? I honestly believe that you came here because you want to be a seeker after God. You didn't come here if you wanted to be a scanner. There are other pastors who are preaching online. You could look at that. Some of them are actually really a lot better than I am. But you've come here to seek God. To clear away your distractions. You could have done a hundred other things today. You really could have. There's sport options. There's a whole bunch of reasons why you didn't have to be here today. But you got up and you came here because you wanted to seek God. And I absolutely love this time. I love to get to help us and to lead us into seeking after God in this time. So what does it take to move from a scanner to a seeker? I'm going to talk to you about four perspective changes that I think need to happen because they had to happen in me. To move me from scanning the word to seeking God in the word. And the first one has to do with how do I really view what's what's the word about anyway in my life? What's it all about? And I had to move from seeing the Bible as a book of regulations to a book of revelation. Is God a loving father or is he an uncaring rule giver? Is this a policy manual? None of us like reading policy manuals. Trust me, none of us do. But we love reading a journal. Journal from a loving God to us, who's worked faithfully with people over, over history to lead him into a saving knowledge and trust of Jesus Christ. I love what, what Psalm 119, verse 130 says. It says, the unfolding of your words give light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Think about that. The unfolding of your word, that's revelation from God. God unfolding himself before us saying, this is who I am. This is what it looks like to follow me. Some people view the word as a spotlight where it just gets in your life and catches you like a, uh, you know, a prison guy escaping. and, And this is your life. Look, at look at this person. He's messing up. But what if the word were more like sunlight? That is, it rises in our lives. It shows reality for what it is. What if it shows us beauty from what we used to be afraid of with God? What if it takes the darkness and casts it out of our lives and shows us the glory and the beauty of Jesus? See, when I view it as sunlight, not a spotlight, I'm entered into process all of life through the truth of God's word. And here it is. It's unfolding. It gives light to us. It's not a reference manual. It's not a policy manual. It's actually the unfolding of God before us. Showing us who he is, how to have a relationship with him. And giving meaning and value to all of life. That perspective has to change. Secondly, second perspective is I have to move it from being reactive to God's word to being routine in my life. I love what Psalm 119 verse 15 and 16 says. It says, I will meditate on your precepts. I will fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Wow. See what that is? That's slowing down. I've never talked to anyone who's meditated on God's word who is in a hurry. Or in crisis. It's usually they pulled aside to meet and seek after God. They, were, they we were called to delight in it. To fix our eyes. Not to be easily distracted, but to fix our eyes. To be seekers after God and his word. I have two boys right now who have moved out of the house. And so we have to be more intentional when we get together. We have to invite them over or have, you know, be more intentional in our conversations. They're doing their lives. We're doing our lives. And there's two types of calls I get from my boys. One's, dad, I need this. I need it right away. I need it. I can drop everything. I need to get. I'm okay. Okay, I'll help you. Here you go. Goodbye. Click. And hey, dad, how you doing? I was wondering if we get together. I want to hang out with you. See the differences between those two calls? Sometimes it's, God, I need your word. Help me get it. Thank you. I'm done. Bye. Woof. Ready for life now. To God, I'm here. And I want to spend time with you in your word. I want to hear from you. Now, certainly we're called and you see the pattern of people in crisis running to God's word. So don't ever not run to God's word in a crisis. But we're also called to store up God's word. For times of crisis, which means we're in a routine of getting into God's word. Certainly gives us insight and wisdom in times of crisis, but it's best when we repair, when we restore or we store it up for times of crisis. Perspective change number three. We've got to move from seeing the Bible as primarily trivia to move it into transformation. I love what Hebrews 4.12 talks about, that the word of God is living and active. It's not just words. It's living and it's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit and of joints and of marrow. Really getting down to the guts of your life and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Wow. We're talking about not a brochure about God. We're talking about an experience with God as we expose ourselves to the living word, it, it actually is something that lives and it moves us into experiencing God and experiencing life with God in a relationship with him. There's a difference between looking at something and experiencing something, right? Five and a half years ago, my mother-in-law came to us and said, we'd like to take you to Hawaii. Would you like to go? And we'll pay everything. And I said, let me pray. Oh, amen. <laughs> yes. Yes. We'd love to go. And I'd heard about Hawaii. I've read brochures on it and, and then I would talk to people about Hawaii and they'd kind of have, oh, Hawaii. And I was expecting like Fabio on a white stallion to come across the beach when I arrived there. But there's this feeling is it's this incredible place. And so we went with her and she put us up uh, with her and in Waikiki beach and we were up on this uh, high rise Hotel looking at the the waves and this was our view. I took a picture of it And in Hawaii the waves are different than they are here in the States For th- They're they're further apart and when they come in. It's more of a So if you have problems you just let them melt away in Hawaii But then my mother-in-law said hey, let's go ride a wave and I'm like, okay, She goes, let's go on this outrigger canoe and we'll ride a wave. And I said, let me pray about it. Amen. Yes. (laughs) And so we did. And there was a difference between watching a wave and experiencing a wave. This is five years, five and a half years ago. So my family has grown up from this point, but I actually took a video of that experience. Here it is. This wave picked us up and for 800 yards pushed us in and we're we're going there There's everyone's smiling. Nathan has morphed since that time. There's my mother-in-law None of us is frowning All of us are in the moment riding this wave that came out of nowhere and it's pushing us right into the shore It was awesome And there was great delight on that canoe See the difference? One is to watch it and go. That's really cool And the other is to experience it. When you do that, it's just something about God's word. When you move from just watching it to following it and experiencing it, there's joy. There's delight. You're called into that. And some of you could come up here. You could do that. You You could share your story of how you read God's word. You understood what it meant. But then you followed him. You actually experienced God and the truth of God's word in your life. And you... Your life has joy in it. Your life has delight. That's that picture we're called into. See, scanning never moves us beyond information grabs. But seeking calls us into experience to find him. And when you find him, to delight in God. That perspective change has to happen. And then the final perspective change that needs to happen is to move from the Bible being primarily an inspirational book into being a book that equips you for life. I love what 2nd Timothy says about the value of the word in our lives. Verse Chapter 3 verses 6 and 7 It says. All scripture is breathed out by God. And is profitable for teaching. For reproof. For correction. And for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete. Equipped for every good work. You see, the word is going to be either a cheerleader or it's going to be a coach in your life. A cheerleader, if you view it as a cheerleader, then you're going to look for those passages that just make you feel good each day. And you can do that in any book. You can make it say those inspiring words for you. But what if it were a coach? There's a difference. Some of you have had sports. or if you had a mentor in your life. A good coach they're irreplaceable and you remember them. They have a tremendous value in your life You sometimes repeat phrases that they said to you 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 hear their voice the back of your mind when they've coached you through difficult times or helped you win a game or something like that You never forget a good coach I've had some pretty good coaches but one one that I really remember It was actually a coach who coached my son. His name is jim turner. He's right back there and um when we moved here, my kids wanted to play basketball. And so James and Jack, we were on a team. We asked some of their friends onto it. And I didn't have the guts to ask Jim to coach. So I had my seven-year-old James give Mr. Turner a call. <laughs> Mr. Turner, he said, I would really like you to be our coach. Would you do that, please? And Mr. Turner, you could just hear him laughing on the phone. <laughs> Is your dad there? And he said, tell him I'll do it. So Mr. Turner shows up. And this was awesome because he made all of his mistakes in coaching on his kids. So he could come and coach my kids. And I'm a parent who gets wrapped up in the game. I love to see that basketball go through, even though it's a 100 times at seven and six years old. The basketball grew grew, and out. And then when it goes in, yes, I get in. And when I get out of out of shape, he would go, hey, dad, sit down on the bench sit on the bench, and when a mother would, would cry out against the other team or against the ref, you know, he would go, hey, mom, mom, not in here today. Not in here today. And as I was focused on score, he was focused on the team developing. He was focused on plays and running plays and kids learning the fundamentals. He was focused on them having fun. He never shed one tear for a win or a loss. And there was something about having a coach like that. Did you realize that... God's your coach with his word. Instead of always saying, yeah, you're the greatest. woohoo!" He goes, hey, here's the next play. I want to see how you're doing on the fundamentals here. Yeah, that was a that was a good day. But as I look at this next thing, there's going to be a challenge ahead. Here's how I can help you in that. God's our coach. He's not just the cheerleader. Because the word of God is to equip us for every good work. So see, see these four major perspective changes, if we could move from regulations to revelation, from spotlight to sunlight, from reactive to routine, from trivial to transformational, from inspiring to equipping, we will really live decided on seeking God in his word. It won't be something we do to check a box. I know we got to do this to be something that you increase demand for God in your life. And so that's why we call you to a decision. Each week we talk about this. And here's what I just encourage you to decide. Decide now to seek God in his word. In Psalm, again, 119 verses 2 and 3, some of the first verses of that long chapter, it says, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. Remember when we talked about the beginning, how much time we are around media each day? How much we expose ourselves to information we can carve out that time if we're seekers we'll make space for god We'll seek after him And we'll find the time to do that and there's a great blessing when we do I want to encourage you as I as again As I believe each one of you have come here today to be a seeker I want to encourage you, if you're struggling with that time, if you basically look at your time with God as more of a time where you're just kind of scanning God's word, I want to encourage you to do whatever it takes. Clear away whatever distraction you have so you can seek him in his word. One of the things that we do uh, here at FBC to really help you and equip you in that is to uh, go through a reading plan each year. And we look at where we're going and we try to kind of hyper align everything we do around God's word. And several times, about half the times we get together, we're going through a book of the Bible. We're going through a segment of the Bible. And it's the same segment you've read when you've had time with God through a reading plan. And it's the same passage that you'll discuss in your small group. And we find we can go really deeper. We can really become seekers if we stick to this. If we all do this together. There's value in seeking God together. And there's even greater value in everyone seeking the Lord on the same passage. I've just seen transformation happen. And so we ask you to get one of these uh, journals. And you can go to our welcome, uh, welcome center on the way out and pick up one of these journals. And make sure you get a reading plan with it. And we give you an acronym to follow as you spend time with God each day seeking after him. And it follows the acronym off the word REAP. Let me just give them to you. Uh, We want you to read God's word. We want you to examine God's word. We want you to apply God's word. We want you to pray God's word in your life. I've been around the church for a long time. I've known Jesus for a long time. And I still get something out of this time when I seek God using this acronym. You may have just met Jesus on Easter and wondering how I can get into God's word, how I can be a seeker after God. This is just a great start. It's not perfect. Nothing's perfect. But this is an opportunity for you to grow. And it's an instrument that's helped a lot of people. Let me tell you how I do this. I'm not, again, just trying to be an example. This is just uh, to just show you a little bit here. Number one, read before I read i think about the time and the place that I'm going to meet with God. And for me, I can't. It's really tough for me to seek God in an intense way at night. I've had a busy day. Anytime I'm in a reclining position, I'm basically falling asleep. And so I become a scanner of information at that time. Information then kind of dulls me. But when I when I get up in the morning and I carve out the time to get into God's word, I usually it's, uh, it's a it's a it's uh, a it's a chair in my living room. I turn on the light. I get a cup of coffee. I get God's word. And I take my phone and I put it far, far away from me because I'm tempted. i am just be honest with you. I'm tempted to look at my Facebook. I'm tempted to look at my Instagram. I'm tempted to look at all my emails that I get. Most of them garbage emails, but I tend to do that if it's right in front of me. So I clear that away. So that I can clearly see god in his word And you know what i've even had to go old school I've had to get actually a printed version of the bible that just keeps me focused So my eyes don't scan it And I get into god's word and before I get in start reading. I tend to go uh god This is what i'm worried about. This is what i'm struggling with This is what I this is who I need to forgive just so I can clear that away so I can clearly see you And I confess But then I go god here. I am I'm available I'm open to what you want to teach me in your word. And then I'll read the word. And when I read God's word, then I'll move to examine God's word. And this isn't complex, but I'll basically look as I'm reading a story or I'm reading a command. I'll look at it and say, what was every bit as true back then when it was written that is true in my life today? Biblical scholars call this the interpretation of God's word. It's a timeless truth that's every bit as true back then it is in my life. And I just write that down in my journal when I'm going through it. And as some people think oh i've got to fill out the whole page on my journal No, just cut it in half if you don't want the pressure of a whole page and and fill that out But I just write thoughts of what god is teaching me through the word I may follow a verse as it's as it as I heard it at another time or even a verse connected to that through my concordance But i'll that's how i'll examine god's word But then i'll think about now. This is what it said to them. Now. What does it mean to me? And I'll take some time just to listen just to listen and ask God, what do I need to trust you with? What do I need to turn from to follow you? Uh, what am I willing to trust you with? Lord, I, I want to trust you with this. And I'll try to apply God's word and seek his help in that. And then I'll pray. And this prayer can go anywhere from a few minutes to even longer. But it's actually just where you're at. And you pray. And I say, God, thank you for your word. Thank you for truth. I praise you that you love me. That you gave yourself for me. I need you. I lift you up. I worship him during that time. And here's the deal. There are some days I get a boatload of, of joy and delight in it. And there's others days where I probably just get one thing. But you know what? I've never walked away empty when I've sought after God in his word. And I would just encourage you, move from scanning to go deeper as a seeker. I want to just take some time and commit our lives to being people who seek after God in his word. Who present our lives for him and are open and available for his truth. So as we close, would you just pray with me? Father, amidst a whirlwind of information, we're tempted to just scan our relationship with you. To get from you what we want rather than to seek after you to find what you want for us. Father, give us a greater appetite for you. Give us a greater appetite for your word. May it increase in our demand. And through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes? Would you guide us into truth? Would you empower obedience in us? We thank you for your word. Your word is truth. May we seek it daily to find you. You are our light, our guide, our joy, our delight. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.